Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. See, it's the difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig?
Today is Wednesday, April 6, 2022. Coming up on Roller Martin on the Filter, streaming live on the Black Star Network. No shock, the cop getting away with murdering an innocent man. That's right, today no criminal charges will be filed uh, in the case of Amir Locke. We'll talk with the family attorney about what is next. A 70-year-old black great-grandmother gets taunted and laughed at by Tulsa, Oklahoma police while possibly going through a mental crisis. We'll talk to her attorney, Demario Solomon Simmons, and two of her children. We'll be looking uh, at the conflicts in Africa uh, and examine why people don't know about what's happening across that continent, especially in two countries. New Jersey mayor publicly apologizes for being caught on camera using racial slurs after he lied saying he didn't. And racist posts caused an Illinois police officer, police chief, to resign. He believed in white supremacy, y'all. In today's Tech Talk segment, uh, a streaming service celebrates black stories from around the world. We'll talk to the founder of Quayle TV. And well, we'll cover some other stuff as well. It's time to bring the funk. I'm Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. Folks, there be no criminal charges related to the February uh, shooting of Amir Locke, who was shot and killed while Minneapolis police were executing a no-knock search warrant. The Hennepin County Attorney, my District Attorney Michael Freeman, and Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison released the findings earlier today. This is the reason why Freeman and Ellison said Officer Mark Hennepin will not be charged. After a thorough review of all available evidence, However, there is insufficient admissible evidence to file criminal charges in this case. Specifically, the state would be unable to disprove beyond a reasonable doubt any of the elements of Minnesota's use of deadly force statute that authorizes the use of force by Officer Han Hanneman. Nor would the state be able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt a criminal charge against any other officer involved in the decision-making that led to the death of Amir Locke. Amir Locke is dead. Amir Locke was simply sleeping on the couch when cops burst into the apartment and shot and killed him. Karen Wells, the mother of Amir Rice, excuse me, Amir Locke, says she is not disappointed but disgusted by today's decision. 
If you had time to kick a couch two times, not one, but twice, you had time to de-escalate the situation of my melanin black son. Mm. My Lord. Now, you're going to have to deal with me. I've never been Minnesota nice, and I'm not from Minnesota. And I said that from the first day that I stepped soil on that city. I am not Minnesota nice. You got something different right here. I'm from a different state. We stand up. We speak up. This is who his mother is. I'm not going nowhere. On Tuesday, the mayor of Minneapolis, Jacob Fry, placed a permanent ban on no-knock warrants for the local police department. The policy takes effect Friday, April 8th. Jeffrey Storms is the attorney representing the Locke family. He joins us from Minneapolis. Jeffrey, um, so what? A guy dies and it's nobody's fault? Nobody's held accountable? This mother has to deal with the grief? Like, literally, a man is dead. It, it's one of those to form, it's hard to form words, Roland. I mean, you know, if you look at this report, it's like 40 pages that says this was really tragic and it shouldn't have happened, but no one's to blame. You know, the ether is to blame, the air is to blame. Uh, it's policies. And uh, it's, it's very, very disheartening and enraging. You know, I don't know how we can look at people of color in this country and tell them, hey, the constitutional amendments apply to you. You can lawfully have a gun. You can lawfully be safe from unreasonable searches and seizures. I mean, a young man couldn't lawfully possess a gun while sleeping on his own couch and couldn't even be given to so much as 10 seconds to wake up and understand what was happening. And so, yeah, you know, you'll probably see statements for us where we talk about disappointed. Uh, but uh, Karen's words, I think, are, are very true and speak louder uh, to how she's really feeling right now. But, but, but this is the BS that we often talk about, how the law is with cops in so many ways, and it's as if, sorry, he's dead, next. Well, yeah, think about the times that young black men have been charged with crimes in this country on flimsy evidence, right? And now uh, we look at 40 pages of a report and a hired expert all to basically say, hey, you know, we don't think we can overcome issues with an affirmative defense. And the number of people of color who have stood in front of a jury on flimsier evidence on this are, are legion. And it's really hard to look at our brothers and sisters of color and tell them that this makes a lot of sense. What is next? What is next for the family, for the attorneys? And we're ready to fight, Roland. I mean, you heard it from Karen, right? And the family's energy and determination is gonna you know, help push us and guide us. You know, the resolve deepened today. You know, criminal justice is one part of it and it's an important part of it. But, you know, between, uh, you know, Attorney Crump and myself and Attorney Romanucci, you know, we've collectively done this for 60 or 70 years, and no criminal charges is business as usual. You know, we shouldn't become complacent with the handful of charges there have been. And that's why civil rights lawyers exist in this country, to push for civil remedies, monetary, but also non-monetary, to ensure that there are real policies in place that are implemented, there is real training to continue to push for local and national legislation. 
And so Amir, people like Amir, can do something as simple as sleep without fear of being shot by law enforcement. So the family and the legal team, you know, is ready to keep on pushing uh, as hard as we possibly can. Jeffrey Storms, we appreciate it. Certainly keep us abreast of what happens next uh, with the family in this case. Thank you, Ron. Uh, I want to uh, bring in my panel, A. Scott Bolden. He's the former chair, National Bar Association Political Action Committee. He's attorney here in Washington, D.C. Uh, Tarva, excuse me, Tanya Washington-Hicks, professor, uh, Georgia State University College of Law. Monique Presley, a legal analyst and crisis manager. Glad to have all three of you here. Um, clearly, Scott, um, Attorney General Keith Ellison, um, look through as the law as much as he could uh, to to find something here. They they simply could not figure out what to charge these cops with. But it, it says a hell of a whole lot that when these police are using these no knock warrants, busting into apartments, shoot and kill this this young man who's sleeping on the couch, who's lawfully possessing a gun. Basically, what this is saying to black people, yo, you ain't got no Second Amendment rights. Roland, <laughs> I got to tell you, I got a lot of trust in Keith Ellison, one. Two, as a former prosecutor, I've reviewed these types of cases. And I got to tell you, under Minnesota law, the law allows the police officers, whether it's a no-knock warrant or not, if they didn't have a no-knock warrant and went in, they went in, he had a gun. He was under the covers. They may have just woken him up. He may not have known what he was what he was dealing with. He could legally possess that gun. But in that circumstance, once he they see the gun, once they he pulls it out, whether once he points it at the ground, whether he points it at them, the police, in their judgment, have the right to fire. This is a clean one. It's unfortunate. But, but, it is, but, but, it is but, a tragedy. But, Scott, but this is a clean shoot right here. But, Scott, and, here's, hold on, Scott. Scott, I, hold on. I, I can accept Scott, Scott, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But he had a Scott, gun. Scott, Scott, hold on, hold on. Everything. Scott, hold on, hold on, hold on. First of all, yes. first of all, we have the video. Now, yeah. roll, roll the video. At no point yeah. does he point the gun at cops. That's roll a, the no, wait, 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 wait. I'm not reading a report. My eyes. Roll video, guys. You see the video, Scott. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You see the video. First of all, y'all, fix that audio. I don't know what the hell was going on there while I was in slow motion. Um, you see the video there. They come in. Dude's under the covers. Yeah. All of a sudden, I see flat. No, 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 hold up. I see flashlights, and literally, it's not even, it's not even two seconds. But it's like, boom, covers come up, pop out. Yeah, but but look, the covers came up, right? They see the gun, whether it's pointed at them or not, they see it. And now remember what the police are there for. It's a high-intensity warrant. 
for murder, right? And so, and the report also says that the people they're looking for uh, are armed and dangerous. So when they go into that apartment, they're looking for people, they're looking for guns, and it is the most dangerous high alert they're at when they go in. Now, when they see that gun, they see an individual, they don't know who he is, but they see the gun wherever it's being pointed. I doubt Amir even knew what was going on because he was sleeping, and it's really tragic. But once they see the gun, right, and they tell him to drop it, they don't give him enough time to drop it, whether he lawfully owns it or not, and they fire, okay? Can you, can you file criminal charges against the police in that circumstance, in that tragedy? No, you cannot, at least not under Minnesota law. The thing and that's, he, the, that's the legal deal. The, that's the legal deal, and it's not going to change. The thing, the, the thing here, the thing here, uh, uh, Monique, is they were executing a no-doc warrant, and the other police department didn't want that. They insisted on this. Had they followed the St. Paul Police Department, there would not have been a no-knock warrant. But they pursued it themselves to say, oh, we'll help y'all, and we're going to do it with a no-knock warrant. Okay. I mean, this is... So, so, so we're left with... Scott just said. Go ahead. It doesn't negate anything that Scott just said. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. 
If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I, I can't hear I you. I couldn't hear you. I yeah. can't hear you. Say one more. Oh, uh, one. I don't know. Okay, now there you go. Now go ahead. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Oh, great. I said it doesn't negate anything that Scott just said. I, I I agree with you, and it is unfortunate. It's tragic. It's it's terrible. Um, but what you said when you were speaking to uh, the one family attorney, to me is. It's I don't I don't know how else to say it except for one thing does not lead to another. You said I mean a man is dead. Well, actually, I'm sorry, your phone is breaking. And certainly, those of us who are here on your panel, those of us who are here on your panel, know just because someone is dead doesn't mean that a crime has been committed. That it has to be run through the law. There has to be a determination made about what the charges are. Um, and and I I agree with Scott in this analysis, and you know I have great respect to the lawyers who were involved. I'm sure that they will bring a wrongful death case. I'm sure that it will be successful. They've already cured the no knock warrant issue that should have happened before. But again, that's not criminal. Well, that's but but but, but, so, but but Tanya, when we when Monique says one thing doesn't lead to another, actually it does. And this is precisely why you cannot have no-knock warrants. This is precisely why, if you're trying to apprehend somebody, it can't be this. You don't know who's on the other side of that door. I totally get homicide investigation. I totally get all of that. But the reality is, there's a dead person who was innocent, who was not involved in any of this, on the other side of that door. And if you do not have this no-knock warrant, they're not going into the apartment. The man is not sleeping, and he's not shot and killed under a blanket. Well, I'm glad the policy finally changed. Unfortunately, it changed too late for Mr. Locke. Um, no-knock warrants were created to deal with uh, drug enforcement, to ensure that people didn't destroy the drugs that the police were trying to um, capture. But they're being used in too many instances, in circumstances that result in dead black people. And I'm sure it rings hollow to the family to hear that this is tragic and unfortunate. That doesn't bring her child back. And I think the question we need to ask is that if people can be held harmless under the current law, what do we need to change the law to be so that these kinds of actions are considered criminal and treated as such. This this is where there has to be a pursuit to change policies, procedures, and the law, Scott, Monique, and Tanya, because I keep saying this, death is death. Ain't no coming back from it. And the reality is, if you did not have a no-knock warrant, if you had uh, a, a, a different situation here, this young man is not dead. And so, r- 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 I'm not done. I'm not done. 
We can talk about, well, police and in terms of all the other things here. But again, we want the bad guys captured, not somebody who's innocent who ends up dead caught in the crossfire of this. And that's why when you had Nakima uh, 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 Levy Armstrong, who confronted the police chief and the mayor at the news conf conference and said, we told y'all to ban these long ago. We told you to ban these no-knock warrants uh, before. Now you're going to do it after the fact and another black man is dead. But, but, bro, but what does that have to do why, with why is the mayor? What, is, what does it have to do with charging Hanneman? What should he have been charged with because of this failing of the city? What is the point in outrage over a police officer doing what was lawful that he was ordered to do under... Because the outrage is somebody's but, dead! But, okay, but, that's, but you can't but, charge but the police officer because somebody's about dead. The, wrong the, out, the outrage is somebody the is dead. At somebody, oh, no. Okay, but do you want the wrong person charged? Does it matter whether it's... No, what I, no, what I, no, no, what I want, what I want is, what I want is for police officers not to be, continue to kill black people, and in this case, when people are yelling, oh, Second Amendment rights be, for your protection, what it also says is, black people, don't buy a gun, don't have a gun yourself, because if, even if you have a gun and you lawfully have a gun, you can still end up dead by having a gun. Well, Bro, let, me, let me add a if few they points. pulled their gun, they wouldn't be arrested if they had lived because they would have had a right to use their gun in that situation. But if any person, white or black, pulls their revolver on, on an officer under the current law, as Scott already explained, the, the shooting, they're not going to be able to bring charges for. And that is the misfortune and the tragedy of the state of the law. But what I asked you is why we are justified in being outraged about Hanneman not being charged when the law plainly says that he should not be. Because, he, again, I, there's a thing called just law and unjust. Scott, go ahead. Here, here, here's the deal. <laughs> and I'm not blaming the victim. Let me tell you about no-knock warrants. If you didn't have a no-knock warrant, they'd knock, announce that they were the police. If that door doesn't get answered right away, they kick in the door in, and a mirror is there with a gun, that doesn't necessarily mean he wouldn't get shot if, he, if they come in after they've knocked and nobody's answered. What it does mean, though, if they did knock, he potentially could have been awakened and hearing, hey, police, that what could have happened. And then what? He still got the gun. No, no, because because if about? because if he hears if he hears police and then all of a sudden I hit no no allow me to finish if I hear police and now I hear that yeah I might not grab the gun but if I'm sleeping on a couch if I got covers over my head and all of a sudden a, a door opens I don't even hear anybody walk in and the next and, and next all of a sudden I see flashlights I don't know who the hell's in here. We had the brother on the show from Florida. 
when the cops bust in, same thing, no-knock warrant. The guy fires a warning shot in the air and fires a shot at the officers. He don't know who the hell is busting down his damn door. We got a home invasion. We got a that, home invasion. We got a home invasions all over the country. Uh, you don't know who's busting in your door. They were in uniform and they announced that they were the police. Stop it, Roman. Hold on one second. Hold, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why is he in No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Some, no, no, with, hold with that the point, Scott. Murderers. Scott, hold that point. For. Hold that point. Run the video. Seven seconds. Matter of fact, run it again. Seven seconds. Seven seconds. Three shots fired. He's dead. In seven seconds. They had their guns out. They had their flashlights out. They said, police, search warrant. He starts moving undercover. They He's sweet. Okay, but they don't know what they have. They're it looking for people who committed a... He don't know what the hell is going on. Dangerous. They're armed. That's what they're looking for. Scott. They gave him 10 seconds. So what you say, hold on, Scott. What, so what you're saying, Scott, is is Scott hold on, Scott. What you're saying is, if you're asleep, if Scott Bolden is asleep, and all of a sudden, folks bust into your bedroom, lights, and, 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 and awake you, and your gun's right here, what's going to be the first thing you're going to do? No. His gun was under the cover, and right. when he That's showed it, he oh, showed no, no, no. it. I'm asking you, Scott. I'm asking you, Scott. Stop. No, you're going to get shot. I, I, Scott, and, I'm and asking you. Shoot you. No, Scott, Stop I'm it, asking bro. you. Scott Bolden is asleep. Scott Bolden is asleep. Come on, man. His gun is under his pillow. Covers are over his head. Under his pillow. Scott, 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 let me finish. You sleep. Covers over your head. Gun is right next to you. Bust into your bedroom. Wake you up. What's going to be your first reaction? My first reaction is, what the hell is going on? But I ain't in an apartment with some alleged murderers. That, that, that's your first reaction? I'm not sleeping with a gun under my cover. Scott. I don't sleep with a gun under my cover. Scott, guess and what? I'm not sleeping a... where there's some alleged murderers there, and, I, hey, Scott, and the police Scott, are looking for them. Scott, it's, it's unfortunate. It's people. I know wrong a whole... place at the wrong I, time. I, I, why Scott, has he got the gun? I know a whole bunch of people. I but know... for the gun? Scott, but for I know the a gun, bunch of people. He'd probably still be alive. I know and it was a bunch his of people. Gun. I know a bunch of people who grew up with me in Clinton Park, who grew up in Third Ward in Houston, people in Chicago, who yeah. uh, who are deal with home invasions. Gun right next to him. Tanya, go ahead and weigh in. I was going to say that there are a lot of people who sleep with their gun in proximity to them including in, in the bed. The sec Second Amendment allows that. The gun, he was a licensed... Not in every jurisdiction. In most jurisdictions, in most jurisdictions, you've got to have it unloaded, and you can keep, may, keep them separate. May, may I finish, please? Yes, go right ahead. I I'm sorry. I think it's important for us to consider that even if he didn't have a gun, I'm not sure he would have survived that. Because he could have had anything, any of the things that police somehow see and perceive to be a weapon when they bust in under these circumstances. And so I think the outrage is that this keeps happening and as unfortunate as we characterize it as, it continues to be excused. That's the outrage.
Monique? But we can't afford to make it about if the facts had been different than this, it likely would have been the same. I understand why others would want to do that. But my obligation is to say that on these facts, as a legal analyst, what the attorney general did and what the state's attorney did was evaluate the evidence that is known to them. If, if more facts become uh, available and come forward that somehow change what happened, if, if some intent surfaces for one of those officers, if one of them insisted on a no-knock warrant for a house where they knew the, the suspect was not present, anything like that changes, we're looking at a different factual scenario and therefore different legal analysis. But on these facts, what, what is clear is that the no-knock warrant was a problem. It was the determining factor that he did have a right to have his gun and that he did what any law-abiding citizen living in perhaps that neighborhood and that apartment would have done and reached for his weapon. And what is also clear is that when someone does that, under the law, when it's an officer, they have a right to shoot to protect themselves or others. And others. So if we want that to change, then we need the facts to change and the law to change. It is not about the fact that this is traumatic and unjust. We know that, and we know that we die more than anybody else because of it. So the answer then is not to charge Hanneman, who did the shooting. He, he's not the one who perpetuated the criminal act. The criminal actors are the city for maintaining no-knock warrants. And even that is not criminal because it was not against the law. So the law has now been changed and this death was wrongful and that will be answered. And unfortunately, that is that is like the balls and strikes of it of where we are. And so I don't want people being upset thinking that they reached the wrong decision. In my opinion, based on what I know of the facts, from what I've read, and from the conversations that I have had with counsel who are involved with the case, this was the only decision on those facts. And this is precisely why laws need to be changed, policies need to be changed, because at the end of the day, Amir is dead, and the family can never bring him back. Hey. Got to go to a break. We come back. We're going to talk about a case out of Tulsa where the cops just grossly mistreat uh, a black woman there who's having a mental episode. We'll talk, talk about that with the family and uh, their attorney. Folks, you're watching Roller Martin Unfiltered. Be sure to download the Black Star Network app, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Samsung TV, Xbox, uh, Amazon Fire as well. Also, you're watching on YouTube. Hit that like button. We should be uh, at 1,000 already. We got more than uh, 2,000 folks watching. Y'all hit the like button. You can also support us by joining our Bring the Funk fan club where your dollars make it possible for us to cover the issues that matter to you. Uh, P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037. Cash App is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zale is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. I'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. On the next Get Wealthy, did you know that the majority of households headed by African-American women don't own a single share of stock? No wonder the wealth gap continues to widen. Next on Get Wealthy, you're going to hear from a woman who decided to change that. have been blessed um, with uh, good positions, uh, good pay. Um, but it wasn't until probably in the last couple of years that I really um, invested in myself to get knowledge about what I should be doing with that money and how to productively use it. Right here on Get Wealthy on Black Star Network. Pull up a chair, take your seat. The Black Tape with me, Dr. Greg Carr, here on the Black Star Network. Every week, we'll take a deeper dive into the world we're living in. Join the conversation only on the Black Star Network. It's Kim Whitley. Yo, what's up? This your boy Ice Cube. Hey, yo, peace, world. What's going on? It's the love king of R&B, Raheem Devon. And you're watching Roland Martin, Unfiltered. (laughs) 
The Tulsa Police Department under scrutiny after releasing a video showing police officers taunting a black woman in distress. I want to warn you, the video you're about to see is very disturbing. We will show you what happened to 70-year-old LaDonna Paris, uh, who locked herself in a bathroom uh, while possibly having a mental health crisis. All right, folks, watch this. This is going to be so fun. Attorney for Ms. Paris, Demario Solomon Simmons from Tulsa, Oklahoma, two of her children, uh, Kendra Jackson uh, in Texas, Chris Williams uh, in Arkansas. Uh, first and foremost, um, sorry, you of course had to see that video there, uh, Kendra and Chris. Um, does your, was this a mental breakdown? What was this? What actually happened uh, here? Um, well, well, thank you for oh, having sorry, us go on. Oh, go ahead. But thank you for having us yeah. on, uh, Roland. Uh, I don't know if that was to be. Uh, no, no, no. That was actually to Kendra or Chris. Kendra, okay. Chris. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so mom had um, had been having hallucinations early that morning. I want to say about 3 a.m. She was texting the family. Um, she was seeing things. And we had been trying to get in touch with her for several hours. Uh, eventually, we were able to locate her. She was at school. She was at seminary. Um, where they were very concerned uh, about her behavior and had called me. Um, and I had called my brother, Chris, to, to come to the school because I was out of town. And that's kind of where it started. Um, and then the, the paramedics were called out to her school because they recognized that she was having uh, an episode uh, and they did not want to put her behind a wheel. So that's, that's how it started. Chris, was this the first time um, this is, she's ever done this? Um, it's not the first time that that she's done this. It's not the first time that this has happened. But, you know, as if you have someone close to you that's dealing with mental illness, you know, it's a sliding scale. So she lives on her own and she's productive. Um, but this is something that she has been diagnosed with 
later in life. And I was actually headed, um, I was headed to Tulsa from Little Rock to try to help and try to intervene whenever all of this was happening. And I didn't get there in time. And by the time I got there, I, I drove around and looked for her in Tulsa and couldn't find her. And I just happened to log on to the uh, Tulsa County website to see if, by chance, if they took her to jail, if there was a misunderstanding, because I knew she was scared. So I didn't know what might have transpired. And so I just happened to log on and saw that they had taken her to jail. And that's where we, that's where it started. Uh Demario, this is a perfect example when people have talked about defund the police, of shifting resources away from police officers going to the scene of mental uh, health issues, uh, mental breakdowns, and having professionals. Uh, and, uh, and, and, but the beginning of the video was what also was disturbing, that these cops were essentially taunting her, laughing at her. Yeah, Roland, I mean, they were tasing, uh, saying, hey, you're going to get tased. I don't know if it's showed on the video, but the officer, Wani, who we, uh, we're calling to be immediately fired, she was saying, I love my job. This is going to be so much fun. And she says over and over and over that she, that Ms. Paris was 85. And 85 in Tulsa, um, police speak means she's mental. She's having a mental health episode. They're also on video saying... We know she's having a mental health episode, and we have the CR team, the CERT team, critical response team, but we called them, but they're, you know, they're busy. They can't come here. So they knew for a fact that she was having this mental health breakdown, and they treated her like less than an animal. They treated her worse than they would treat a dog. And they not only did they do this to her, did they cause her physical injuries, but they put seven bogus charges on her. They charged her with assault and battery on police officers. They charged her with resisting arrest. They charged her with animal cruelty. They charged her with attempted arson. Completely bogus. Took her to jail. They took her to the Tulsa County Jail. They didn't give her any help. They knew she was having a mental health breakdown. They took her to jail and rolling. And for everyone that's listening, need to understand, she spent 30 days in jail. Two weeks in solitary confinement as they kept saying they were going to let her out because they knew she was needed mental help. They never let her out of jail. 30 days in jail, two weeks in solitary confinement over some bogus trumped-up charges. This is what the Tulsa Police Department does to black people on a daily basis here in Oklahoma. They started with the 1921 Tulsa Race Massacre, and they have continued to this very day. And as you stated, Roland, this is a perfect example of why we need less funding for police and more funding for better services for people, but we need more accountability for people like this officer that violate the constitutional rights and the basic dignity and human rights and respect of people like LaDonna Paris, a great-grandmother, a seminary student, an author, a very accomplished woman treated like that on camera. It's an outrage. The thing that is 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 crazy to me, uh, Chris, spending that long time in jail for what? Yeah. Um, real quickly, just to give you a little idea of what happened, I, I had been corresponding with the person that was over uh, the mental health area in the jail, and she told me she told me that she was taking notes and she was going to be going to the judge before the arraignment. And I shouldn't have to worry about it because she'll be transferred to the Tulsa Behavioral Center for 
uh, of the Tulsa Center for Behavioral Health so she could get some help because she really shouldn't even be there. And so November 1st came, the day of her arraignment, and she never went before the judge. And my wife contacted me and said, have you looked online and checked at the updates? And her court date got pushed back to December 1st at that point. So at that point, we were just like, she's just going to be sitting here. And it's just, it's just, and I just want to say one more thing, Roland. I, I wasn't prepared. I knew that something wasn't right whenever I requested the body cam footage, but I received the body cam footage in the mail and I just started to comb through the hours of footage and I couldn't believe the stuff that I saw. It was sadistic the way that, the way that she handled the situation, the way that she laughed and mocked my mom, knowing that, um, as DeMario said, that she was in mental distress. And the other officers didn't intervene, um, but she just, she had a great time. It's the only way I can say it. Kendra, what do you want to happen to these police officers? I, I want them to be held accountable. Obviously, I want her uh, to be fired. Um, and my fear is that she, if she knew she was on body cam and if she was treating my mother in this way, I'm someone mentally ill. You know, how does she treat people when body cam is not there? And so extremely concerning. So she does not need to be in the Tulsa, Tulsa Police Department um, serving and protecting the citizens of Tulsa. Um, I do want the other officers held account. I think we've learned in, in a recent past that officers that just sit idly by when other officers uh, use and abuse other citizens, that they need to be held account as well. But certainly she needs to lose her job. Uh, DeMario, what has actually happened? Anybody put on suspension, desk duty, administrative leave, or nothing? Absolutely not, Roland. This officer, and her name is uh, Ronnie Car Carissa. I think that's how you spell, say it. This Gross. officer has not, has not had any type of discipline, to our knowledge. And in fact, Roland, last week, the city of Tulsa Police Department came out and said everything this officer did was his end policy. And the city of Tulsa mayor came out with a statement and stated that he has full trust and belief in the investigation of the police department. In other words, they are condoning this particular behavior against Ms. Paris and black people here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is why I get so fired up about this, because if this can happen to Ms. Paris, a great grandmother having a mental health breakdown that they knew she was having, on video, they knew they were being videotaped, and they still acted like animals and savages. Imagine what they do every single day to black and brown people around this country and this city when they think they can get away with it. So that's why we're calling for her to be immediately fired. We're calling for these other officers to be disciplined, and we're calling for the Department of Justice to come in and open up a civil rights violation investigation against this officer. She intentionally violated the rights of LaDonna Paris. They must be held accountable. We will not stop until we see these officers and the city of Tulsa held accountable for what they've done in LaDonna Paris. And I hope everyone that's listening will go and sign our petition telling the city of Tulsa Mayor, Mayor G.T. Bynum, to fire this officer immediately. Here is the statement from the Tulsa Police Department. Uh, the video that was sent uh, to my attention is edited down from 90 minutes to just under six minutes. To be clear, the banter between the officers outside of the presence of the suspect can be received as unprofessional and has been addressed with the officers. The overall actions of the officers and the way in which the call was handled is within the policies of the Tulsa Police Department. In summary, we were called to a location by staff to remove an individual who was trespassing. 
suspect used an aerosol can and lighter in an unsuccessful attempt set a fire. Officers attempted to call our community response team to the location, but they were unable to respond. After 34 minutes of unsuccessful verbal coaxing, Paris still refused to open the door and surrender. Officers forced entry into the small bathroom and quickly secured Paris with minimal force. When loading Paris into a vehicle, she kicked an officer. During an after-transport, Paris was compliant with officers. Uh, Chris, you're shaking your head. I am. I am. Um, well, first off, what they initially said in that statement about it being condensed down to six minutes. Listen, regardless of the span of time of the complete body footage, the, cam the, the officers did what you saw on a six-minute video. Um, and it's disgusting and it's vile. And, I mean, without getting too granular with it, um, a lot of that stuff that they're saying is ridiculous. And it, it's just so sad that I'm not surprised, but it's so sad that they're not willing to step up and hold her to account. Um, DeMario, uh, last point here. When you hear... Um... When you hear them say uh, that, well, it was edited down, but also shouldn't it be a concern to a police department that your community response team didn't get 34 minutes and they still hadn't arrived? Um, that's a problem. Yeah, also with that statement, Roland, they completely did bowface lying. Number one, the call from the Habitat for Humanity. They knew Ms. Paris, and they were concerned about her. They knew she was having a mental health breakdown, and they communicated that to the police. She was not trespassing. Number two, a week, uh, uh, around the same time that they said they waited for 45 minutes, they had a standoff with a white individual that was having a mental health breakdown who had a sword who was trying to get into the next... Uh, apartment next door have been trying to get in and stab his the next person in the apartment. They waited seven hours for that to let that situation calm down. So this talk that they're trying to say it, they needed more time, it's completely bogus. They needed to do what was right by waiting for the community resource team. Because another aspect of this story is they had already had some contact with Ms. Paris at her seminary. This was well known that she was having this mental health breakdown. And I know they were saying, well, they this was something that was within policy. If this is within policy, as you always say, Roland, not only does policy need to change, but also shows that this is the pattern, practice, and custom and culture of the Tulsa Police Department, which was actually stated by the city council last Wednesday when this issue came up. So this city, this particular uh, police department, we need the Department of Justice to come in and open a pattern and practice investigation immediately. They killed Terrence Crutcher with his hands up in the air. Nothing happened for that. They killed Joshua Harvey, tased him 27 times, another client of mine. Nothing happened for that. They killed Ollie Brooks, a black man that they came in and tased a dozen times, unarmed. Nothing happened after that. They've done LaDonna Paris, treated her like trash, bloodied her, put her in, put her in uh, jail for over a month. Bogus charges that's been dismissed by a judge we need the Department of Justice to come in. We need this officer fired, and we need some real accountability and justice. All right. Folks, I certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Uh, DeMario, uh, Solomon Simmons, uh, 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 Kendra uh, uh, Jackson, as well as Chris Williams. Thank you so very much. Thanks Thank for having me. Folks, um, got to go to a break. 
Uh, when we come back, uh, more Roller Martin Unfiltered. Uh, we'll talk about some other news of the day. Um, and got a few thoughts about Magic Johnson, Howard Stern, and what happens when you actually don't have power, even on a show with your name on it. You're watching Roller Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. On a next A Balanced Life, April is Autism Awareness Month. We will be having a very special conversation on education, advocacy, and working in that space. Whether you have a child on the spectrum or not, this is a space for you. This is a conversation you don't want to miss. Join me, Dr. Jackie, on A Balanced Life on Black Star Network. We're all impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives. And we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. Hey, I'm Deion Cole from Blackest. Hey, everybody, this is your man Fred Hammond, and you're watching Roland Martin, my man, Unfiltered. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position 
warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. TV, uh, Apple Plus, uh, has a docuseries coming out uh, April 22nd uh, that features Magic Johnson. And in this docuseries, uh, they're talking about uh, Magic Johnson's uh, life. They're talking about him playing for the Lakers, his family. And as a part of that, they talk about uh, when uh, he was on, when Howard Stern came on his uh, ill-fated late-night show um, that Magic Johnson hosted. And Howard Stern made some comments directly to his face, uh, joked with him how much fun Magic had to have had uh, by catching AIDS. Magic has to correct him saying it was HIV. Uh, he talked about uh, that how Howard Stern, how he was blacker. He was, he, was, he was blacker than Magic Johnson, told him he should have used, uh, he should use Ebonics on the show. Uh, and so Ma- Magic has been quoted as saying, uh, man, I, I wanted to punch the guy but, but the thing that caught me the most uh, when I saw this, uh, when I saw the segment, uh, was that Magic said that, um, well, you know what? Uh, the, the, the bookers, the producers, hey, they ran the show, and really that was nothing more than I could do. And I, and I, and I thought about that for a second. And, you know, one of the things that I think people do People are very quick to talk about how so-and-so has power. Uh, you hear that all the time. The most powerful person in music, the most powerful person uh, in Hollywood, the most powerful person uh, in media, and oh, how much power. I, I remember when Michael Jordan was in the NBA and, and folks talked about, Michael Jordan is the most powerful basketball player in the NBA. Folks say right now that LeBron James is the most powerful person and what I often have to remind people is that, no, no, Michael and LeBron, in this case, Magic, no, they had influence. They had influence. They had leverage. They didn't have power. They didn't own. They didn't control. They had leverage and influence. In fact, when Michael Jordan uh, came out of retirement to play for the Washington Wizards, um, the Wizards had never in their history made more money. They, they, they had never made a profit. Stands were filled. Then Michael decided that, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm done playing. So he said, I'm going back to get my job. So he um, walked into a meeting with Ted Leonis, who was the 
uh, owner of the Washington Wizards, and he comes in uh, and getting his job back. Well, Abe Pollen um, is sitting across the table, and Abe Pollen says, "Well, Michael, you know what? We're going to go in another direction." Abe Pollen hands him a ten million dollar check. He thanks him for his services. Michael is confused. What's going on? Michael gets pissed off. Michael gets up, walks out, leaves a $10 million check on the desk. And Michael storms out, gets in his Jaguar, drives off the lot. And folks are like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened to Michael Jordan. And I said, when I read the book, I said, Michael Jordan learned the difference between Leverage, influence, and power. And we were talking about this idea of power, Tanya, Monique, Scott. I'm always trying to explain to people, you better know the difference between the three because we too often make the mistake by saying somebody has power when all they have is leverage and influence. Scott. Uh, Rowan, I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right about that. And there's a huge difference. Just like there's a big difference between being rich and being wealthy, you got to know the difference. So, um, you know, when you own something, you're in the ultimate control. You own the show. You own the rights, the trademarks and what have you. You decide who gets to say what, do what, uh, what the program is going to be, right? When you are an influencer and you're getting paid, by the owner, you have far more, you have far less influence, right, and control uh, than, than the owner. But power is perception. And so third parties and, and the masses believe if you're rich, if you're famous, and if a baseball team or football team pays you and you're a superstar, then you are a powerful human being in the United States of America. Not so fast. You are so, you are influential right? You are popular, right? But that does not mean you are powerful if you can't decide what you're going to do, who's going to do it with you, and how you're going to implement the plan and goal of either your team or your business or what have you. And so uh, for me, I love being an owner, part owner of a big law firm, right? Because uh, I generate business. I argue about my money at the end of the year, but I can't be fired. As a lawyer, they can they can do a lot to make me resign my partnership, but I can't be fired because I'm not an employee. I'm an equity partner, and that's a good example of the difference between working for a firm, a big or small, and owning that firm. And you can apply that across the board with any industry. See, the, the, the reason I, I bring this up, uh, uh, Tanya, because uh, I have these conversations with a lot of people, and when we're talking about the, these things, folks. Oh, yeah, I mean, man, that, that's power. When I hear people say things like, you know, uh, 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 we, uh, we own the culture. We, we, we control the culture. And I go, really? Well, who tells you when you can put your music out? Who tells you when you can put uh, your clothing line out? See, I think for a lot of people, what we have to understand is uh, for a lot of us, we think signing big deals 
where we're given a so-called big check is power. But if you're being handed $10 million, I, I think back to Master P when he had a meeting with Jimmy Alvine, and Jimmy Alvine offered Master P a million dollars to sign with him. And Master P said, you know what? I'm going to run some errands. I'm going to think about it. And Alvine said, if you, if you leave here and, and don't sign this deal, take this million dollars, you would never sign another deal in this town. And he got on the plane with his with brother uh, C. Murder. They were flying back to Louisiana. He was like, and so C. Murder goes, man, what were you doing? It's a million dollars. He said, if that white man offered me a million dollars, he said, how much you think I'm really worth? That's somebody who's thinking totally different when it comes to power, influence, leverage. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you used um, Michael Jordan as an example, because as much as he was paid to play, the real comparison is how much money was generated when he came to a city to perform. I mean, restaurants made money. The city made money. I mean, he was generating more money than he was paid. Power is often, and power brokers are often Ooh. invisible. We don't know who they are. But those who are influencers and those who have leverage only have as much influence and can wield as much leverage as those in power allow them to. See, Monique, I, 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 I love when we talk to certain people and, and I love it when people talk about you know, who has power and who's doing stuff. And, and a lot of people out there who watch boxing, they, they crack jokes about Floyd Mayweather. Uh, folks say, oh, he, doesn't slug, he didn't slug it out, stuff along those lines. But Al Heyman taught Floyd Mayweather about power. Al Heyman was a music, was a, was a music promoter. He promoted the old Budweiser Superfest. Uh, he was a concert promoter. And so... Um, Heyman sat with Floyd Mayweather and he said, Floyd, why are you boxing for the small amount of money and Bob Arum, the promoter, making way more money than you? He said, have you read your contract? He said, you know you can buy Bob Arum out for $750,000 and you can promote your fights yourself. So but Floyd did that. So when people hear these stories, Floyd Mayweather made $125 million. What they don't realize is, had Floyd Mayweather stuck with the previous deal, Bob Arum would have been the one making $60, $70, $80, $90 million. Floyd would have been making $15, $20, 30. Now, I'm not scoffing at $15, $20, $30, but I would think $150 million is more than $15, $20, or $30 million. And they flipped the power dynamic. All because he said, read your contract. If you pay him the 750000 you can control your own destiny. And that's why Florida's able to fly away once on private jets. He owns buildings in New York because he made more than $500 million because he flipped the switch on that deal. He changed the dynamics of who had leverage, influence, and power. Yes. Um, but, but power is not money, right? Um, power is autonomy over your own actions and over the actions of others. It's a, it's a measure of control over outcomes 
for yourself and for others. But that so, is the money. I, I didn't did only bring the money part, because what he then did was create his own promotions company. Al Heyman shifted control in boxing, and then all of a sudden flipped the deal from HBO to Showtime. And so when we talk about the power, who right now is the most powerful person in boxing? It's a black, na black man named Al Heyman, because he understood right. the money dynamics and also how the system works. Go ahead. Right. I'm, I'm really, my, my analysis is just about the difference between power and leverage and, and um, influence. And, and, you know, Bob Maxwell always talks about how, how leadership is influence. So if you are able to influence other people, it's a, it's a leadership dynamic. It's not necessarily a power dynamic. Power means you may also be able to influence and control other people, but you don't necessarily have to use it that way. So Joe Biden doesn't make near the most amount of money in, in the world by any stretch of the imagination, but he's arguably the most powerful because the decisions that he makes affect a globe. Uh, when we are talking about personal power and personal autonomy, that is something different. That means that I decide if I go to work or if I don't, if that's what I want to do with my power, or perhaps it means that I utilize it in order to make the lives of others better, but I have it at my disposal to be able to do. So I just think that the conversation is more nuanced than that, that there are people who have a lot of power and who are terrible leaders and have zero influence. Like, And there's a difference, obviously, between being an influencer and that you have followers like a million people following you, but you couldn't get that million people to pay a dollar. So it, in all the different lanes, um, it depends on what the true definition is that you hope to utilize it for and whether your power is individual or collective, say, with voting. We all have power because as powerful as Joe Biden is, we control whether he's in or out. So... I just think there are lots of different ways that we can look at this. Of course. I don't think that the person who goes to a job is necessarily less powerful because they choose to not have um, their autonomy in that area, but they may be able to well exert it in others. So, Well, and again, the person, still, the person who goes to a job is a lot different than the person who can call them and say, you don't have a job today. And so I just think a lot of times uh, a, a lot of folk make that make that mistake when we talk about uh, the person who is indeed uh, in power. And so I, I just want folks to understand uh, the difference between power and leverage uh, and influence. Let's talk now. Let's talk about what's happening on the continent of Africa, folks. Uh, we've been seeing the stories about Ukraine, but there are several conflicts happening across the continent. Friday, we talked to Simon Ding, a former enslaved Sudanese child turned human rights activist what was happening in South Sudan. Well, Sunday, South Sudan's president and his deputy agreed to unify the military command of the security forces, hopefully ceasing clashes between government troops and forces loyal to Vice President Rick Machar, raising the threat of another outbreak of severe fighting. In Cameroon, the conflict is between Cameroon's military and separatist forces from the two Anglophone Northwest and Southwest regions. This conflict has been going on since October of 2017. There's deadly civil wars between two colonizing governments, the French and the British. Hmm. So why don't we hear about what's happening much in these African nations as we hear about Russia and Ukraine right now? Milton Alamadi, he's the publisher of BlackStarNews.com and an adjunct professor at Columbia University and John Jay College. He joins us from New York. And um, I would assume that BlackStarNews.com uh, comes from that... Uh, one, it was Marcus Garvey's cruise ship. Also, you have the Black Star there in Ghana that was erected uh, under Kwame Nkrumah, correct? 
Correct. 100%. Which is, also is why, inspiration. which is also why this is called Black Star Network. Glad to have you here. Uh, as someone who yeah. covers these things, um, give people an understanding of the death toll that has been experienced uh, in these conflicts, not just South, South Sudan or Cameroon, but also happening in Ethiopia. Well, I don't even know where to start. I think the best way to understand conflicts in African countries is to what degree do Africans have control over these conflicts? So let's look at uh, Cameroon, for example. You have a person who's been ruling, the same person, ruling the country for 40 years now, president slash dictator, imposed and supported by the French. And the French have no qualms about the number of people being killed in this conflict because they support the French-speaking side. Cameroon has a unique history. That same country that now uh, forms the nation of Cameroon has a part that was French colonized, as you indicated, and that's the majority population. And the other side, which is the Southwest, which was English colonized. And how did it come about like this? After Germany was defeated in World War I, England, and France then split up that territory that used to be controlled by Germany. And then, after independence in 1961, the United Nations conducted a plebiscite, and there were only two options. Either the English side could unite with Nigeria or unite with the French-speaking side. There was no option for independence, which is actually what they wanted. And then they had a federation, a federal government, the president came from the French-speaking side. The vice president came from the English-speaking side. But then, about 10 years later, the French decided to ditch that constitution and had a unitary constitution and all the powers concentrated in the presidency. And that's when the conflict really started to flare up, because the southern part, where the oil is actually concentrated, now it became marginalized. And what they started to do was to try to impose French language in the schools, in the judicial system, throughout the country, including the Southwest. And that's why you have the second flare-up from 2017. Tens of thousands of people have died, because obviously the French-speaking side has the bigger army, the national army, supported and financed by France. And get this, the so-called president of the country himself lives most of the year in a luxury presidential suite, not in Cameroon, but in Geneva, in Switzerland. <laughs> and that's where he runs, supposedly runs the country from. You know, so that's why the people in the Southwest are now agitating. And in 2017, they were asking, their demand was, let's go back to the federal system we had. But now they're saying, because of the brutal reaction by the government, they now want a separate nation of Amazonia. And that's what they've been fighting for. So the death tolls, of course, are bouncing in the tens of thousands in Cameroon, the same thing in Ethiopia, the same thing in South Sudan. And at the end of the day, this is what I like to say. If Kwame Nkrumah's argument had won the day in 1963, when the Organization of African Unity was being formed, and he said, folks, let's form a United States of Africa, we would not be having a lot of these conflicts. Because number one, Africa, as a 
United States of Africa will be able to control its resources and not have to be subjected to what we actually have is a neo-colonial environment by the former colonial powers, primarily France and Britain, and now joined by the new neo-colonial power in Africa, which is the United States of America. I mean, that really speaks volumes. Uh, and so here we have French weighing in on what's happening in Ukraine, but saying nothing about Cameroon. Right. right. I mean, it's, it's preposterous. And, you know, but it's folks like us that can make this demand that this be inserted into the conversation. And I'm glad you brought up Ukraine. Look at the anti-Black, anti-Africa racism that Africans who study or work in Ukraine were subjected to. And if you notice, the so-called mainstream media had ignored that story for several days. The New York Times didn't pick it up till like four or five days later, when it had been all over social media. And here's the disappointing part as well, Roland. Many of our own brothers and sisters who work for many of these corporate media outlets were not brave enough to speak about this story. It's as if we need permission. They do. From they do. European Americans. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's not as, as, as if they do. Right, so let me stop. <laughs> they do. No, no, no. Let's be real clear. They do need permission. Right. They just can't right. decide that we're going to put this on our show. They can be overruled. And that's, which was what I was just talking about, talking about power. When you own, you can now discuss it. Otherwise, you asking somebody's opinion or you asking permission and they can actually tell you no. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. 
Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. And that is the shape of fire. And then look at this. Look at the insult upon injury. And then what does Ukraine, what do the Ukrainian authorities then do? They start going around the world, including to African countries, to recruit African mercenaries, young Africans who are unemployed, to go and fight in Ukraine against the Russians. So they went to South Africa, they went to Nigeria, they went to Senegal, and their embassies were putting these signs on their Facebook page, trying to recruit Africans to go and fight in the same country where they were being treated like fifth-class human beings and being assaulted, being prevented from fleeing the country. Many of them, in fact, as we were trying to flee, were being told, no, you're we're going to keep you here because we want you to fight with us against the Russians. And that's so preposterous. You kick them out, treat them like dirt, and then you run to Africa to try to recruit Africans to go and fight on your behalf in Ukraine. And I'm glad this attempted operation was quickly shut down by most of these African countries, even though many of the people, young unemployed people, were actually willing to go and fight. That's how desperate they were. And that goes back to my indictment of the failure of many of the African leaders to properly harness political power. And that is why young Africans would still be willing to go and fight in a country where they saw Africans being abused. Uh, let's go to our panel. Uh, first off, uh, Tanya, you're first. Well, I, what I was thinking about um, as he was speaking was our own history of discrimination in our military forces. And we had many African Americans who fought bravely in all of the U.S. conflicts at home and abroad. And they were fighting for principles and rights for other people that they were denied in their own territory, their, their place of birth. And so this hypocrisy is, is nothing new. Um, I have been very disturbed by the fact that while we are inundated with news about Ukraine, these ongoing conflicts in Africa are not even a blip on the radar screen. And I think it speaks to the choices that media is making about what constitutes news. A lot of it is racialized, and it has to do with who those in power see as a victim and as right. worthy of coverage and who they choose to ignore because their their humanity is is non-existent. Right. I agree with you, sister. And here's the other part. I'm glad you brought up the uh, fact that um, um, Africans in America or African-Americans fought on behalf 
of the establishment, including uh, both world wars, and yet even and Vietnam, and then coming back to the United States and still being treated like fifth-class uh, citizens. And the same thing was happening uh, for Africans on the continent. So about 3 million Africans were recruited to fight on behalf of European empire in the so-called world wars, conflicts that Africans had nothing to do with. But they were taken from the French colonies in Africa and the English colonies in Africa to go and fight in Europe. And tens of thousands of them died. And when they went back, they went back to the same colonial environment where they were still treated like dirt. So the similarity between what happened to African-Americans in this country and to, for Africans that fought on behalf of empire is exactly identical. Somebody needs to do a good book or a documentary uh, about that. And then in terms of the focus on the Ukraine uh, conflict, uh, as you noted, it also actually uh, reinforces that uh, agenda to have uh, we as black people devalue our, our own lives. Because if the narrative and the focus is being set on the suffering of Europeans and your suffering totally ignored, then uh, you start to in, uh, digest this unconsciously and you start to devalue the lives of fellow uh, black people. And that's the other downside of that. Absolutely. All right, then. Uh, let's go to Monique. Thanks so much for uh, just sharing your your wealth of knowledge with us. What, what, if any, are the action items? What can people who are listening now do to help? Okay, very good. In terms of, uh, of uh, the focus, we need to have focus on conflicts in, uh, in, uh, in Ethiopia right now because, and uh, anyone should be excused for not knowing this because it was not covered anywhere. But about a week ago, the uh, fighting parties, which is the federal government in Ethiopia and the region of Tigray, uh, signed a, a, a secession of hostilities agreement. But, uh, so this should be built on. And what is very important in that is that the federal government had indicated it would be willing to lift the embargo because the Tigray region is landlocked. So without uh, communication and transport, uh, from any other part of the country, they would not be able to get the necessary humanitarian resources, medicines, and foods. Because during the, the, the fighting, farmers were displaced, the farms destroyed, their food store destroyed. So now they face a situation of famine. So obviously, more media coverage could compel the parties to, uh, uh, to, uh, to, to honor the obligations per the agreement and to build from there so that they have a permanent ceasefire and then go on to political discussions, how to resolve the political differences they have in the country. Cameroon gets no coverage at all. And that is primarily because, obviously, the U.S. and French fellow neo-colonial powers. So it's like, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch your back. And I think it's very shameful that corporate media, uh, which often in this country, as we know, reflects the position of the U.S. administration, even though they deride media in, the, in, in Russia <laughs> without looking uh, into the mirror at themselves. So it is, it, it, it's, it's, it's platforms such as this uh, where we're now having this discussion 
question that we can shame the other media to also do the right thing and do the coverage, but we should also be able to put pressure on the United States government that even though this is a French sphere of influence, as Africans in this country, we care about our sisters and brothers, so you should take an interest in this as well. Scott. Yeah, the history of, Doctor, thank you for, for sharing, the, the history of the exploitation of black oh, people, sorry, whether it's in, by the way, whether it's sorry, in wars. Uh, Scott, hold on one second. Uh, doc, go ahead. Say it again. It's not, it's not black. <laughs> well, first of, all, first of all, that's a black thing. You know, black people, we call everybody doc. So don't worry about that. So you can, don't worry about that. that that's a black thing. Scott, go ahead. You Now, you know black people, black people, you see the janitor. What up, doc? Don't, don't even worry about that. Scott, go ahead. Doctor, you should take that compliment and, and don't correct me. <laughs> but Precisely. Thank you. You're right, exactly. But but thank you for sharing. The exploitation of black people uh, is as old as history. Uh, men and women of the dark are you all around this world. And so um, given that fact, uh, what is the formal or official position on uh, on these African conflicts, these, Afri these conflicts in African countries, by the U.S. as well as the U.N., and does it say, whatever their position is, does it say anything about how they perceive the geopolitical importance of these African countries who are having civil conflicts or conflicts with their neighbors? Right. Okay, to be honest with you, they really don't care. They don't care at all. And which brings the other more serious question. Are these countries truly independent? And my answer is no, they're not. What happened is um, many of these former European colonial powers, and now, of course, in concert with the United States since the 1960s, have come to the conclusion that it is better to have neo-colonial uh, regimes in African countries. So in other words, you may have an African prime minister or an African president, but all of them effectively serve the interest of the global European establishment, Europe and the United States. So uh, they get a blank check. So that is why they can kill as many fellow Africans without any retribution from the West, because they're not really doing anything that violates the interest of the West. So let me give you the, the classic example. In 1990, October 1, 1990, Rwanda was invaded from Uganda. Uganda has a uh, neo-colonial U.S. puppet who's been in power for 36 years. His name is General Yoweri Museveni. So Museveni had convinced the United States that we can actually displace French neo-colonialism from Rwanda with U.S. English-speaking neo-colonialism and use me as the conduit. So from 1992, to 1994, even though fighting was going on in Rwanda, exacerbating ethnic tensions between the Tutsi minority population and the Hutu majority, nothing happened. France, the neo-colonial power, uh, brought the issue to the United Nations Security Council and said the invasion from Uganda is a war of aggression and could escalate things drastically in this country, which is has ethnic volatility. So we should treat this as a war of aggression and force Uganda to withdraw. The United States blocked that attempt because the United States obviously was interested in displacing French 
imperialism from Rwanda. Uh, fast a little forward to 1994. The plane carrying the Hutu president is then shot down. And lo and behold, things that had been predicted for the four years that the fighting was going on suddenly erupted. The genocidal massacres. Um, hundreds of thousands, estimates rate from 800,000 to 1 million people killed. Mm. The United States was a big part of this conflict but by having supported the Ugandan invasion. But you don't get that in any of the narratives. And what was the primary target? The primary target was to take control of Rwanda in order to have access to the phenomenal resources of neighboring Congo, Eastern Congo. Eastern Congo, perhaps uh, per square inch, perhaps one of the richest real estates in the world. You find anything and everything there, uh, you name it. And here's the other thing. After the French influence was displaced from Rwanda, the invasion then went on into Eastern Congo. And anybody can do the research. The estimates of people that have died in Eastern Congo range from six to seven million. But at the same time that mountains of bodies are being created, guess what? Western companies were mining resources from Eastern Congo. This was a very well-planned, genocidal, profitable mm. war. If anybody goes to the website of the United Nations and, and search which companies uh, benefited from resources of Eastern Congo during this conflict, it will list major Western companies. So in other words, the UN did a report uh, indicting these companies, but obviously it did not get a major coverage in corporate media. And some of us here may be hearing this for the first time. So that's why I say they don't really care yeah. about African lives. Anytime they take some action or pretend to care, it's just a question of a crocodile tear. Because yeah. otherwise, somebody needs to explain why the U.S. allowed the genocidal war in Rwanda as well as in uh, in Congo. Yeah. Hey, hey, Roland, you got time for one more question? I suppose, Captain. If 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 all of that is true, and there's no reason not to believe that, then yes. China is introduced into the African countries. Uh, right. How do you how do you justify their interests and their access to these African countries when the U.S. Right. Uh, and the U.N. other countries are seem right. to be hands off? Uh, as opposed to China that is heavily invested in, in Africa in several countries. Right. Okay. And I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because you can imagine uh, how sickening it is, is, it is to me when I hear these Western countries uh, condemn China uh, for not caring about human rights in Africa, <laughs> based mm -hmm. on what I just uh, spoke about. And China's you know, people China. are there, too. Of course, China, that, and that is why they're really envious of China. And I'm not saying this to, 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 to praise China, because China, in a way, is a new imperial power in Africa as well. Uh, uh, but what the difference between China and the West is that China has never been behind any genocidal war in an African country. China, yes, has sent uh, hundreds of thousands, perhaps even millions of Chinese to Africa. China has built 
infrastructure in African countries, build roads, bridges, build major buildings. But at the same time, uh, China is now also uh, leveraging and working itself into controlling African countries by virtue of all these loans that China has been lending. But the last person to tell African countries, to warn African countries about China, the last person should be anybody from these Western countries who are actually behind all these genocidal wars. One final comment I'd like to make. I like the fact that Roland started this conversation by talking about power. African yeah. countries own all the resources that is creating wealth and prosperity everywhere else around the world except in Africa. So while they may hold all the resources that the West and China now covet, they don't have power by virtue of not controlling uh, the price at which those resources are sold. Well, as, as the uh, president you. of Ghana said to me, he said, how can the richest continent in the world have the poorest people in the world? That simply cannot be the sense. case. Mosin Alamadi, a publisher of blackstartnews.com. We certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Thank you so much. All right, well. folks, uh, going to a break right now. We come back. Uh, our black and missing uh, person of the day. We always, of course, talking about that. Plus, you'll hear from Senator Gary Peters, who is leading the Democrats' effort to take back or keep control of the U.S. Senate and expand their control. That's next on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Now, did you ever want to do a soap opera? I did it before, Another World. I did it years ago uh -huh. with uh, Joe Morton, Morgan Freeman, called Another World. It's the funk now, but that's how I started in TV. You? My first job. You? My very first Joe, TV job. Joe Morton and Morgan Freeman were on a soap opera? Together. Yes. Wow. I know. Oh, I loved it. I played a prostitute. I was real raw. My name was Lily Mason. I was I was a hoe on Tuesday, and then I owned the town two weeks later. <laughs> that's, that's how they do you. Right, that's how soap operas. You know, operas. you evolve. Yeah. Right. So now I'm on this, but I'm rich right from Jump Street. <laughs> so I'm loving it. My name is Charlie Wilson. Hi, I'm Sally Richardson-Whitfield. And I'm Dodger Whitfield. Hey, everybody, this is your man Fred Hammond, and you're watching Roland Martin, my man, unfiltered. <laughs> DeMarco Bradbury has been missing from Hamtramck, Michigan since March 28th. The 16-year-old is 5 feet 1 inches tall, weighs 139 pounds with brown, and black, brown eyes and black hair. Anyone with information about DeMarco Bradbury's whereabouts should call the Hamtramck, Michigan Police Department at 313-800-5281, 313-800-5281. All right, folks, uh, first of all, YouTube, Facebook, uh, y'all need to get y'all likes and shares up, okay? We should be at 1,000 on YouTube. We should be at a larger number on Facebook. So uh, by the time this uh, Senator Gary Peters interview ends, we should be at more than 1,000 likes uh, on uh, YouTube, especially with more almost uh, 2,500 of y'all watching right now. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay 
parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. All right. Folks, uh, earlier today, I talked with uh, Democratic Senator Gary Peters of Michigan. He leads the Democratic Senate uh, Congressional Committee, which, of course, is tasked with re-electing and winning uh, Democratic seats in the United States Senate. We talked about Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson, what they're going to do to speak to African-Americans in this midterm, and how are they going to overcome the low poll numbers of President Joe Biden. Here's our conversation. All right, Senator Gary Peters, let's get right to it. Uh, first of all, glad to have you here. It's been uh, a couple of years since uh, I was there uh, in Detroit uh, when you were in that tough uh, re-election campaign against John James. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it was wonderful to see you in Detroit, and, and it's uh, really a privilege to be on your program. Thanks for having me on. Well, I want to use it as a setup. I mean, you, you were in a very tough re-election campaign uh, in 2020, and now all of a sudden you're leading the Democrats' uh, campaign efforts uh, to to not only just keep, keep control of the Senate, to expand your majorities. You've got some critical races, uh, North Carolina, Florida, Wisconsin, 
Pennsylvania, Ohio, Kentucky. Uh, you even have, uh, you know, Gary Chambers in Louisiana talking about 300,000 unregistered African-Americans uh, in Louisiana, an opportunity to actually do something there with Democratic Governor John Bill Edwards, who won his re-election campaign as well. You're trying to hold on to Georgia, Nevada, Arizona, New Hampshire, but you also have hard poll numbers because of the economy, because of inflation. And so what, what really is your focus, your strategy to ensure Democrats are able to hold on to the United States Senate? Well, Earl, and I'm confident uh, we will. But as you mentioned, uh, I don't want to just uh, bring back incumbents. That would be 50-50, which uh, may make sure that we're still uh, in, in the majority. But I think we have an opportunity to expand that as well. And let me just first say that uh, the incumbents that we have running, and you mentioned uh, Georgia with uh, Senator Warnock and Senator Kelly in Arizona, Senator Hassan in New Hampshire, and Senator Cortez Masto in Nevada. They're all great senators, uh, are all great campaigners. Uh, those are tough states, but these are candidates who are, who are battle-hardened, uh, are used to, to winning in, in tough races, and I'm confident that they're going to win again. But as you mentioned, we have opportunities. Pennsylvania, Wisconsin is two examples, states that Joe Biden won. Uh, we have uh, great candidates. We're, we have primaries in both of those states right now, but great candidates. So uh, any of them can win. And basically, the way we win is about a contrast. Elections are about contrast. Where have Democrats been? Where have Republicans been? And when you look at just getting through this pandemic, the Recovery Act, which helped families get through the pandemic, helped small businesses uh, survive, helped families put food on the table, providing child tax credit to, to help families uh, with their children, uh, those were Democratic initiatives and not one Republican voted for them. They were against all of that help uh, that people received. Uh, we've also uh, made substantial investments in infrastructure, and we're focused on lowering costs. And you'll see this in the coming months as we fight to lower prescription drug costs and help families. And you contrast that with the Republican message. Uh, we have my counterpart uh, over in the Republican campaign committee. And his plan, he says, if Republicans take the majority, they want to raise taxes on half of Americans, folks, uh, middle income and lower income folks. That's where they want to raise taxes. And they say zero about companies, major corporations in this country that pay zero taxes. That's okay for Republicans, but for hardworking Americans, they want to raise taxes. We have a very clear contrast to offer the American people this election season. Um, but one of the things that I've been, I've been out there and there is a lot of apprehension. There are people, I could tell you specifically African-Americans uh, who are very frustrated. George Floyd Justice Act didn't pass. Uh, for, the, for the People uh, Act, John Lewis Act didn't pass. Uh, and, 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 and those are a couple of things. And I, the White House has sort of has, has said to me, oh, we've done this, 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 this. Those are two major things. There's a belief among African-American voters that uh, not enough has been done. Um, you're going to need black, black turnout, especially in Florida, especially in North Carolina, especially rural in Georgia, and even, of course, uh, in the critical places in, in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, but also it was with, 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 with Wisconsin and Milwaukee. Uh, also, you got Ohio, and so same thing, Cleveland, a Akron, Dayton, uh, Cincinnati, all those different places. And so what, what do you say to African-Americans who are watching right now and listening who say, I'm frustrated, I feel as if uh, we gave you the majority and you didn't do enough with it? What do you tell those voters? Well, I tell uh, voters, certainly, uh, we will continue to, to do more. We have to be able to expand that majority. That's why I say 52 is so important. But I think we should celebrate what we have accomplished as well. In fact, uh, we're going to be celebrating something this week, uh, which is uh, a Judge uh, 
Jackson's uh, confirmation to the United States Supreme Court. This is historic. Uh, and we have heard from Republicans who have said that if they were in the majority in the United States Senate, she would have never uh, been confirmed at all. Here we have a, an amazing, highly qualified uh, African-American woman is going to be placed on the, on the court. She's going to bring amazing experience that we don't have on the court right now as a public defender or someone who was on the sentencing commission, someone who wasn't just in a ivory tower but was uh, in trial courts uh, directly working uh, with people who's going to sit on the highest court on the land that's going to touch everybody's life. This is truly historic. Uh, we should be celebrating that and understand and believe Republicans when they say, uh, and you'll see it in their votes, that they would not support her despite her incredible uh, uh, qualifications. So I would hope that we would celebrate the successes we have and understand we can have more successes, uh, but that's why we're going to need to have uh, more Democrats in the Senate, and 52 would allow us to do even more than we've been able to do with 50-50. I've talked to uh, black Democratic strategists and pollsters and others who also say it is going to be important to put the resources on the ground, boots on the ground, but also reaching out to Black-owned media and others. I've been highly critical in the past of Democrats and their efforts when it comes to uh, providing those uh, dollars to Black-owned media outlets. Uh, we, 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 not just politically, but also uh, when it comes to the federal government spending a billion dollars annually, only 1% going to African-Americans. And so are you also making it clear to the DS DSCC staff and to the candidates, do not give short shrift to black media, uh, the people out there who know how to reach African-Americans, because every vote is going to count. We saw that with the Warnock-Ossoff runoff, and we saw that with Biden winning in Georgia and in Arizona as well. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And and uh, and actually, you know, I'm living uh, proof of that uh, in my race uh, in, in Michigan, uh, which was a very, very uh, tight race, was absolutely critical for us to be able to, to get to the majority that we're in. And we made investments uh, two years out, uh, not just uh, right election time, being in the community, engaging community activists from the community that will engage uh, folks in their own community. It makes uh, a difference. Uh, it was a critical difference for me in Detroit and Flint and other communities uh, in, in Michigan, uh, which was the difference between me winning and Joe Biden winning. Uh, I'm living proof of that. So now as chair of the DSCC, I'm making sure that that same template is used in every state that we have. And I, and I also you know, want to say, let's celebrate some of the amazing candidates we have running uh, for uh, the Senate uh, with Val Demings uh, in Florida. I can guarantee you uh, she knows how to win. I'm so excited about her candidacy and Sherry Beasley in North Carolina, who will be working uh, in communities uh, across North Carolina to turn out votes necessary to win. So. Uh, we understand how important African-American votes are, uh, not just for the Democratic Party, but for our country. We, not, we absolutely have to have those voices not only being heard uh, at the ballot box, uh, but seeing that uh, in key places of representation, both in the Senate and uh, now in the Supreme Court. Well, uh, look, it's definitely going to be a whole lot of things happening between now and November. Uh, it'd be very contentious. Certainly, we we'll look forward to having you back. And also, uh, please encourage uh, those senators who are running uh, to make sure they're also reaching out to shows like ours. I know a lot of people love, they want to focus on mainstream media. Uh, but again, it's all about the margins. And, uh, and again, that, I, th I think it's going to be an extremely long night. Uh, come November because uh, Republicans and their voter suppression efforts. And so every vote, absolutely going to count. 
Absolutely wrong, and that's why I appreciate you uh, focusing uh, on that issue because it is about turnout. And as you know, this is a midterm as well, where people uh, don't turn out to the same level as they do at the presidential year. But it, it is every bit as important. In fact, any gains that were were gained in a in a presidential year can be very easily lost in the midterm if people don't show up. And it's certainly incumbent on candidates. It's incumbent on the DSCC. It's incumbent on all of us to make sure folks understand that there is a clear choice in this election. It'll make a major difference in their lives. And the only way they can have some control over that is by going out and voting and making sure that their voice is heard. All right. Senator Gary Peters of Michigan, uh, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Great to be with you. Thank you. All right, Monique, I'll start with you. A new poll out today shows Herschel Walker leading uh, Senator Raphael Warnock by four points in Georgia. Granted, it's very early. Uh, but the reality is, if you look at uh, the concern about the economy, inflation, uh, rising prices, uh, poll numbers of the president down, the, Dem the Democrats do have a very difficult task, especially when historically the party that's in power loses seats. This is going to be a critical midterm election. It absolutely is. And and it's critical for Georgia. I mean, whatever whatever you all did the last time, guys, you saved this nation and and not just yourselves, but but now especially yourselves will need saving because um, the options between your current senator and the front runner right now could not be more stark. And I am picking my words as carefully as I can that this situation is dire. So let's vote, guys. Scott. Yeah, I think it's too late. I, I think without the George Floyd Act and the and the Voting Rights Act uh, and with inflation and this war, uh, I think it's baked in with most of black voters. And, you know, I, I challenge you, other than the Republicans are going to win, give me your top three reasons why black folks would come out and vote again for Democrats that haven't delivered on their promises. I just think it's too late in every polling, and I know you say it's early and what have you, but you're going to have to give black voters in Georgia and elsewhere more than uh, Katanji as the reason to vote for the Democrats, because the two most important things for Democrats and for black people is the Voting Rights Act and George Floyd Act, and we just simply did not get it done. Tanya? I, I absolutely agree with that, and I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, we organized under unprecedented circumstances in the middle of a yep. pandemic to deliver yep. both two senators and a president. Um, we are facing a gubernatorial race that's incredibly contentious, um, but we can't out-organize voter suppression and voter nullification efforts. I mean, we just can't. And so I really appreciate you asking the senator to make sure that media, black media outlets get the resources they need. These on-the-ground voting, regist voter registration and voter mobilization organizations, many of which are run by black women, they need to be resourced. Um, if you want people to make the persuasive case that Scott's talking about as to why you should stand in line in a pandemic mm -hmm. where you can't even get yep. water because it's against the law, you need to give yeah. them a reason to vote. Now, I'm going to vote because I'm 51 and I, I feel like my grandmother would turn over in her grave if I didn't. Right. But young people, it's like, what have you done for me lately? You don't give people what you want them to have. You feed them what they eat. We asked for 
uh, protection from police brutality and death. We asked for laws that would protect the integrity of our franchise. And as much as I'm excited about the um, Justice Jackson ascending to the U.S. Supreme Court, for the lives of many black people, that is that doesn't address the present need um, yeah. that they're that they're dealing with. So I, I I don't know. It may be too little, too late. So he, he, here's why. Uh, he, here's money. Go ahead. I pray that no person responsible for mobilizing on the ground is listening right now, especially to my brother Scott, and getting their <laughs> their hopes um, and their and their um, desire to create change crushed in the process of these words. It is quite obviously not too late. It is not too little. It is, it is frankly, before the voting ends, not too late. And as for the why, um, it, to me, it's obvious. And if we can't enunciate it to people who have not been around as long as we have, then that is our fault. That is not theirs because well, the differences cannot be more well, stark. And people are capable of well, doing math. Hold on, Scott. 50 and 50 is a tie. And we've got a vice president. That is not the same thing as a majority, as the senator was just discussing. So, yes, there are things that we wanted delivered, and we all fought for them. God knows. I fought for them. Y'all fought for them. Roland fought for them. We all fought for things for our people. Some of them we got. Some of them we didn't. But I can guarantee you the things that we didn't get won't even be a whisper, not a thought, not a prayer, not a hope, not a plan. It certainly won't be legislation. The legislation was drafted from day one by the Democrats in the House. It was voted on in the House. It was passed in the House. It is the Senate, where we do not have the votes nor the power. Now, if we want for there to be voting legislation, if we want for, for Roe v. Wade to be secured, if we want for elections to be secure, if we want any of these things to happen, then it is necessary for our livelihood that we vote. If there is any hope of police let, let me reform, tell you something. it only one, one second, comes one second. our votes. So here, it only comes. Okay, but look, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Oh, wait, 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 Scott. Scott, wait. I heard all three of y'all. Here's why uh, I do not believe on April 6th that the world is over. You've got Congresswoman Val Demings, who's running in Florida. You've got Senator Raphael Warnock running for re-election in Georgia, uh, a prolific fundraiser. Uh, you've got the candidate who's leading in a significant way in Wisconsin, uh, Mandela Barnes, who is the current lieutenant governor. Uh, you've got Sherry Beasley, the former chief justice of the North Carolina Supreme Court, who is the Democratic candidate in North Carolina. You've got Charles Booker, was running against Rand Paul in Kentucky. You've got Fetterman is leading in Pennsylvania, but you've also got Malcolm Kenyatta, who is also on the ballot as well. And so then, of course, you have probably the candidate who will win in Ohio is going to be uh, Congressman Tim Ryan. So out of all those states I just mentioned, then, of course, we also had Gary Chambers, who's trying to become the Democratic nominee in Louisiana based upon the jungle primary. So of the seven states I mentioned, you've got five black candidates who are running. And so when you talk about the issues that folks care about, to Bonique's point, when you change the dynamics, we know right now the fundamental problem for
for Democrats is that you had two Democratic senators who stood in the way of making massive changes. Kristen Sinema, Joe Manchin. If Democrats are able to hold on to New Hampshire, Georgia, Arizona, and Nevada, and you pick up three of the six, you're now at 53-47. You negate Cinnamon and Manchin. So the very things that we're talking about that could get passed could very well happen. But here's the other issue. You still got to hold the House. And, exactly. No, but I'm not... Hold up. And Scott, I don't, I'm surprised you, you know, being Mr. Law, I guess you skipped all of the successes that the, that the legal coalition that Mark Elias... Uh, the NAACP, NAACP Legal Defense Fund, the Lawrence Committee for Civil Rights Under Law, uh, how they have been operating, they have had court victories against the Republican voter suppression efforts in Wisconsin, Republican-controlled su Supreme Court. In Ohio, Republican-controlled Supreme Court against gerrymandering. They have had win. Matter of fact, he just tweeted that they had a win today in Montana where the Supreme Court uh, has, uh, has uh, supported them. They have actually had wins in red states, and so the belief that the Republicans were going to be able to gerrymander themselves into a majority, they have been very successful in beating that back. So Democrats may very well hold on to the House. I'm not of the belief that all is lost in the Senate. Now, well, Scott, you, then you, Tanya. Okay. Okay, so, uh, okay. And we had victories two years ago and four years ago in regard to voter suppression. I don't know. No, 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 we did not. That's not true. Yes, that is, you no, did. no, no. Hold up. That's North not true. You, you've talked about it repeatedly two years ago. No, not, not you said victories. Go ahead. Well, you had, well, you, you at, at the federal court. You level, did not have redistricting four years ago. So what are you no, talking about? Talking you, about didn't, you didn't have any gerrymandering. You didn't have any gerrymandering victories four years ago or two years ago because there was no redistricting. That only came about after the census. You're not listening. Oh, yes, I am. Well, then you would have heard me say we had victories in regard to voter suppression two years ago. But listen, guys, I hope I'm wrong. You Listen, they're, they're, hope springs eternal. But with a very unpopular administration... You still nobody's really given those top three reasons why, in short order, black people ought to go to vote for this administration. And given the inflation, you know, they lost this election. Let me tell you something. The Democrats lost this election when they decided to invest in the infrastructure plan and the Build Back Better plan that was had broad appeal to black and white people and everybody else in the country, as opposed to focusing on 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 the uh, voting rights act they had no vote all their resources elsewhere they had no vote and you know what that's going to cost them this election but here's the deal scott first. scott you didn't have the votes scott this is very this is very simple could they didn't do could, enough to get the votes because they didn't invest in it because they scott, didn't believe scott, in helping black people scott and help scott and at 50 50 scott just me you said scott that. here's the whole deal let's be real clear i've had reverend william barber in the populist campaign on this show numerous times They've been leading massive protests in uh, in West Virginia. Uh, no, 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 wait a minute. Hey, and guess what? You, if you haven't moved Mansion with a 50-50 tie, you're not gonna do it. It passed the House. Well, it didn't pass the Senate. That's the whole have point. We had numerous conversations about how to move Mansion. You said yourself, no. get in the streets, keep the pressure. And on right. Us. And guess what? Did it work? 
No, no. Why? Hold up. Why, why didn't it work? You don't have the votes in the end, and you don't have a president. That no, 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 no. Why didn't it work? At all costs. Why didn't it you work? You didn't have the votes, and you have a president that's failed and get to get those votes. No, that's you couldn't. Here's the deal. He couldn't get the votes. So, the point I'm making, and Tony, you're next, the point I'm making is, if you have an opportunity, let me if you have an opportunity to pick up wins to negate the two folks standing in the way, then that's what the focus is. Turn your go. You know, one thing that I wanted to mention was that I thought we put misplaced energy on protecting a procedural device, the filibuster, instead of ensuring that legislation that was promised to black voters would be delivered exactly. to black voters. And all I'm saying, and I agree with Monique, that we these are dire circumstances. I don't think that we wouldn't survive another Republican administration, but I, 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 I hate to think what that experience is going to be like, but I'm talking about black folks on the ground who can't put, afford to fill up their tank and put food on the table, who are still experiencing the worst of the pandemic in terms of loss of life and employment, convincing them that it is important in Georgia to stand in a line and be further exposed yeah. Yep. to vote yes. when you can't even pass out work. We have people a reason to go to the polls and talking about kind of existential threats that they can't necessarily relate to right now when we already did that and we didn't get what we were promised is a very difficult needle to... Yeah, and, and that is, yeah it's going to be a very... Uh, a Ain't going to happen. It's going to be a steep hill to climb, but I, but I will say this. All other things that folk wanted, we are absolutely guaranteed never to see if they are in control of the United States Senate. That, that's an absolute guarantee. All right, y'all, got to go to a break. We come back. Uh, we'll talk about uh, first black mayor in Milwaukee. Also, white sheriff in Illinois, he out of a white police chief out of a job because he was fully supporting white supremacy. A white mayor in New Jersey apologizing for the N-word? Boy, crazy-ass white people say we're going to be real busy. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Black Star Network is here. I'm real um, revolutionary right now. <laughs> Support this man, Black Media. He makes sure that our stories are told. I thank you for being the voice of Black America, Roland. Stay black. I love y'all. All momentum we have now, we have to keep this going. The video looks phenomenal. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. 
Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I'm B.B. Winans. Hey, I'm Dolly Simpson. What's up? I'm Lance Gross, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. No charcoal girls are allowed. I'm white. I got you, girl. Law, we got a couple of doozies and crazy ass white people. A veteran Springfield, Illinois police chief officer resigns after his hate field racist posts were discovered online. Aaron Paul Nichols wrote anti black and anti Semitic posts on Twitter and far right websites. Here's some of his posts. When I seize power, Hate crimes will be encouraged. Niggers ruin everything. Even if it's white doing the stealing, they're likely selling the meat 
to black-run restaurants or trading it to niggas for dope. Real talk. I'll say it in English. I'm a supporter of as many holocausts as it takes to cleanse this world of Talmudic influence. Wow. The Springfield Police Department said the Springfield Police Department was made aware of comments reportedly posted to social media by an officer using a personal profile. Upon receiving this information, the department immediately launched an internal investigation. The officer has been placed on an unpaid administrative leave, and his police powers have been removed. These are serious allegations and will be investigated thoroughly in accordance with the Springfield Police Department procedures and the officer's collective bargaining agreement. The Springfield Police Department does not condone the use of racist comments by any of our officers at any time. Statements like this erode civilian trust and confidence in our department and are not tolerated. The views allegedly expressed by the officer do not align with our oath or the mission and philosophy of the Springfield Police Department and in no way reflects the views of the over 200 officers within our department. Nicholas had been a cop for nearly 20 years. Springfield's black population is 20%. In New Jersey, last week we told you how a New Jersey town paid nearly half a million dollars to whistleblower who recorded the mayor and other city leaders on tape making racist comments. Well, the mayor of Clark, New Jersey lied. Oh, oh, I didn't do that. I don't recall making any racist comments until yesterday. He admitted to making those comments. Y'all want a good laugh? Here's some of his apology. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Mayor Sal Bonacorso. I'm here today to make a statement. I'm here today to say I've made mistakes and I'd like to apologize for the pain I caused to the residents of Clark, my family, my friends, and all those that were offended by my comments. They had a right to expect more from me. My words should not reflect on any of them. I deeply apologize for my hurtful and insensitive language. It was wrong. I'm embarrassed and ashamed to have spoken that way about a race of people. I have learned and I have changed, and it will not happen again. However, a true measure of a man is whether he can admit an error and then learn from it. Let me tell you what I mean. Back in 2020, when the BLM marches came through Clark, I thought I understood why people were drawn to the street to participate. After interacting with people of all generations and races at several rallies and hearing their moving stories, I started to see a much bigger picture of how discrimination played into a complex history. These experiences challenged my assumptions. I have never discriminated against anyone based on race, gender, and or any other groupings. I always treat people ref respectfully and fairly. I also learned that after my interactions at these local rallies that people didn't see me or maybe my beloved town that way. I never forgot that. It's been about two years since my experience at the marches revealed my blind spots. Since that time, I've made a shift mentally. I went to those marches in 2020 thinking I was going to hear people out. Instead, I heard much more inside my own head. I now realize that not sharing my insights and lessons from those rallies with this community was a missed opportunity. That day I started a journey of awareness 
and that I should have shared my personal discoveries with all of you. Regarding the insensitive nature of my comments about a female, Clark police officers, they were hurtful, and I'm sorry. They were also a part of a larger, difficult conversation we were having about performances of several officers employed by Clark PD. The truth is, I do not have a memory of every conversation I've had, and these are over four years old. I can say that I am a very different person in 2022 than I was in 2020. And for that, when those tapes were made four years ago, because the world is a teacher and I've gotten through good fortune to learn from it, a person's age doesn't determine growth, it's ongoing. I was blessed through a mutual friend to meet a gentleman by the name of Mark Bullock, a Raleigh resident, a community leader, a CEO of a nonprofit group, New Life CDC. After a long, heartfelt, truthful conversation with Mark, I've decided it's time to continue my learning with action. Starting immediately, I will be working with Mark and members of his organization to contribute to communities and to bring people together. I would like to thank him for meeting with me and I look forward to working in partnership with him. I, I can't play no more of that bullshit, Tanya. I just can't. Uh, first of all, four years ago, he said a person missed their mistakes. That fool initially said he didn't say it. He lying. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy says Bonacorso needs to resign. I don't believe a damn thing he's saying. What he really saying is, damn, I got caught. I definitely think he regrets having been recorded. And just as he said, he doesn't remember every comment he's ever had. But over the course of 20 years, he's, he's never discriminated against anyone. He just may not remember that he has, right? I'm sure this was not the only conversation he had. And I'm sure that if he has expressed opinions like this, they may have also consciously or unconsciously informed his behavior hiring decisions, firing decisions, how he's evaluated folks. So I think his statement was internally inconsistent, and more than that, to me, it was insincere. <laughs> Scott, between him and the white supremacist cop, man, y'all some grown-ass men. I ain't buying that BS. When he with his boys, when he with his boys, that's when he let his hair down, using the N-word and talking about women can't... Women aren't good cops, and 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 uh, you know them men words ain't worth shit over in the south side of town. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you something. He he got caught. He lied first. He got caught, and he's apologizing because he's trying to get reelected. But Clark, I think that's the name of the town. Um, Clark is uh, Clark has a history of police brutality, real and perceived. And on the on the, on the on the other cop, that's the Heil Hitler cop, let's remember, you know, Southern Illinois is below the Mason-Dixon line. Collinsville, Illinois, Springfield, it's way down there. You ain't far from Arkansas. In fact, you right next to Arkansas down there. So you, nobody should be surprised that in Illinois, Northern Illinois is Chicago. Southern Illinois, you're going to get them white racist Southern 
folks, because that's what you got down there. It's a long state. <laughs> well, I do want to remind everybody who's watching, the NAACP was founded after a race riot in Springfield, Illinois. Exactly. Just so y'all exactly. understand the history exactly. of Springfield, <laughs> Illinois. All right, y'all. Boy, it's always crazy. Uh, all right, y'all. Uh, type our TikTok. <clears throat> Every day, we remind you that Black-owned media and Black stories matter. In today's Tech Talk, we have a tech entrepreneur who was sick of the lack of diversity on cable TV, so she created a streaming service celebrating global Black stories. Here's a look at Quayle TV. Quayle means truth in Swahili. Joining us right now from Alexandria, Virginia, Deshauna Spencer, founder and CEO of Quayle. What's happening? Hey, how are you? All right, so uh, how long have you been since you launched and how uh, has it been going? How have you been growing your subscriber base? Yeah, so uh, we launched in 2017 uh, as a beta and things are, I would say, growing organically. That's how I would describe it. So when I initially started Quayle TV, our goal was to be a subscription-only um, based platform but as time has gone on, there are a number of different ways, a number of different things that really transpired. Like there are fast channels and um, they're as supported like Tubi. And so um, one of the things we've been doing is really diversifying how we, how we create revenue for the company. And so while our subscriber base is growing organically, you know, we also have rentals and we have a live channel um, that's as supported. And we also have EDU and we work with schools and creating opportunities for schools to have subscriptions to Quilly TV. So we've really evolved and we initially talked a couple years ago as far as like how people, how we reach people. Wow. Uh, and for, tell folks the type of content. So essentially uh, you're competing against the likes of Netflix, Hulu and other streaming yeah. movies, movie documentary services. Yeah, it's crazy, right? You know, I started Clear TV with, with $20,000 in a dream. I always tell people that Netflix probably spends that <laughs> in a day on toilet paper or something, right? And so um, I always tell people, like, not that we're competing. I think that our, when we started Clear TV, people call us the Black Netflix. I actually hated that term because I don't want to be the Black anything. I think uh, we're, our goal is to chart our own territory and our own terrain in, in this industry. But at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, like, we are fighting for eyeballs, just like, like Netflix and HBO Max, all those other platforms. But what I will say that as a Black-owned media company is something that they're not really able to do is really create community. And that's, those are some things we've been really focusing on through events and other ways in which we're sort of tapping into our customer base that those other platforms just aren't able to do. Scott, uh, your question. Um... <laughs> The, the the content, right, 
Um, what are the standards for your content on your streaming service? And uh, do you see any original programming in the future for your for your concept? Definitely. So um, as far as the type of content that we have, Queen TV, we have content from across the globe, all black stories. So North America, Africa, Latin America, the Caribbean Europe, even Australia. I always tell people we have content everywhere except Antarctica because it's cold there and black folks haven't quite made it there until climate change happens. We all know there, right? <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> but what I, what I tell people too is that for us, Chloe Me's Truth, so we're all about telling authentic stories and we also want to change the black narrative. I really feel that media is such an important vehicle that shows a lens about all of our experiences and we know the correlation between how we're perceived in the media and how we're treated as a community. And so uh, my goal with Chloe TV is really to create a space that celebrates these independent black films from around the world that's authentic, but at the same time, not showcasing stereotypes or even showcasing black death and black suffering. I mean, we've been through a lot in the last couple of years. And the last thing we want to do is while people are scrolling and seeing someone being arrested or someone being um, mistreated as a black person to watch on our platform as well. So when you see other platforms, like for Black History Month, they're showing slavery movies where we're getting beaten. You know, we want to sort of counteract that and show Celebratory right. stories. <laughs> right. Congrats. Tanya, your question. Yes, I am just so impressed with this whole project, and I love the community building aspect of it. What has been the biggest challenge um, as you grow organically? And I love that term. Um, what, what, are, what has been the biggest challenge, and how are you planning to respond to that challenge? Good question. So when we started Clay TV, there was no strong black lead. I mean, we were really at the forefront, really trying to create this streaming experience. And I will say that a lot of times for our audience, because we are a smaller company and we haven't raised like a traditional seed or series A round, that their, their expectations are as if we were a, a Netflix or HBO Max. And, and, I, and we try our best to, to accommodate as much as we can and to be on different distribution channels and all of that. But the reality is that we just don't have the same resources. And so that is probably one of the biggest challenges that we have is just trying, trying to, as Rowan said, really compete in a way, not trying to say we're trying to compete with Netflix, but compete with the, um, the expectations of, of our audience because they're used to certain things you can get on these other platforms. And two, I was actually, I was not aware of the challenges that black people face trying to raise money. I, I had no idea that black women only raised 0.2%. When we launched um, our beta years before, like two years before even launching in 2017, we had customers day, I was, day one, and we, we had a 30 day trial. So people were subscribing and we were making money within 30 days, it was shocking and pleasantly shocking because I didn't have a background in it. I didn't even know how well the company was going to go, but people were really excited about it. But the, the beta was in such disarray. It was, it was so bad that people literally had, people had to reset their password. They had to like email us, which was me, because I was my only employee for a while and having to actually reset the password for them. Like, how horrible is that? Like, so many red flags, right? But people were like, we believe in you, girl. But we, it, it took us two years to launch the beta because despite having these customers and people believing in us, we just could not raise the money to 
to learn to debate it in a timely manner and people started dropping off, you know, which makes sense. And so that's been a really big challenge, just really trying to grow in a way that, you know, we stay authentic and, and not adhere to like stereotypes, but at the same time growing. So we have enough money to market and things like that, that we just don't really have the, the, the money to do. And so we've really been growing organically and growing at a, at a pace that maybe I would not have expected but I always say year over year, financially, we've been growing 40% year, year over year for our financials. And so I think us by diversifying um, how we make revenue and how we touch our customers has, has really been helpful. So uh, for well, that, know, how much how much you per month? We are $5.99 per month or $49.99 a year. Gotcha. And, uh, and you've grown to how many subs now? So right now we're at about 6,000 paying subs. So it's nowhere near, I know how many years ago, like, oh, be 10,000 in a year. We only spend about $1,000 a month on subscriptions, um, but we do have 46,000 registered users on our platform who watch our live channel, they rent content. We have um, schools that, that get subscriptions as well. So um, that 6,000 has been counted in like the students, but I use the count like one like institution. And we also have conversations with higher education um, platforms as well. So we'll be onboarding like major universities to our platform and they'll be paying a much larger amount of money in the coming months. And so that's kind of where we are. Um, but like I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm still happy with kind of where we are, uh, even though, you know, we have not sort of met the exact mark, but we've been growing um, every year and I can only be uh, happy and pleased with that. All right, then. Well, congratulations, uh, folks. Uh, tell everybody where to go, how to download the app. So you can go to our website. It's clearly.tv. So it's K-W-E-L-I.tv. You go to our website. Once you subscribe, it's, it's a seven-day trial. And then from there, um, you can download any of our apps. So we're on Roku, Apple TV, Amazon Fire, Google Play, um, for Android, as well as Amazon Fire. So we're on a number of different platforms. We're also in the middle of a platform upgrade and migration. And we also will be creating like a Hulu model in a couple months. So it'll be $2.99 plus ad supported. So look out for that as well. If you're, you know, having some issues with inflation, people have been talking about that lately. So we're going to be working a lot of different ways in which we can touch customers at their price point. All right, then. We certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much for joining us. Thank you. All right. I want to thank Tanya. Uh, Tanya, your first time on today's show. I appreciate you joining us. Uh, great job. Uh, of course, uh, Monique and Scott as well. Uh, thank you very much for being on today's panel. Thanks a bunch. All right, folks. Uh, I'm just going to read this uh, final story here. Uh, last night uh, in Milwaukee, uh, history was made where uh, they elected their first African-American mayor. For the last, he has actually served as the interim mayor. Uh, but last night, uh, in the campaign, he actually won uh, the final two uh, years uh, of the full term. Live, live elections have been taking place. And we keep telling y'all, don't just focus on Congress, y'all. Uh, things are happening uh, all the time. And so, uh, Cavalier Johnson becomes the first black elected mayor of Milwaukee. That's a distinction. The first black elected mayor of Milwaukee. So we certainly congratulate him. And trust me, uh, I keep telling y'all that U.S. Senate race in Alabama is going to, excuse me, in Wisconsin is going to be really important come November. And so I'm sure he is going to be playing uh, a crucial role there uh, in the state of Wisconsin. So uh, Cavalier, uh, congratulations. Look forward to having you here on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Folks, that is it for us. Uh, please support us in what we do. Download our Black Star Network app. We're trying to hit, by May 1st, 50,000 downloads of the 
app you can download on your Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Also, please uh, join our Bring the Funk fan club. All your dollars go to make this show possible for us to be able to uh, grow, cover the stories that need to be covered. Uh, you can do so. Of course, P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037. Cash app is the only cash app that we have. It is dollar sign RM unfiltered. Again, dollar sign RM unfiltered. PayPal, uh, you could just type this link in, it takes you right there. It's paypal.me forward slash R Martin unfiltered. Venmo is uh, R at RM unfiltered. Venmo.com forward slash RM unfiltered. Zelle uh, is Roland at RolandSMartin.com. We also have Roland at RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. All right, folks, that's it for us. I appreciate it. I'll see you tomorrow right here on the blackest, coldest, and boldest show. Y'all know how an alpha does it. All right, then, I'm going to see y'all tomorrow. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.